This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you had a good weekend. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Monday, October the 25th. And we're going to start today by hearing from two incredibly brave sisters who've decided to speak out about being sexually abused by their granddad. Sophie and Tony Quirk from Canterbury were about eight and six when it started. It took them years to fully understand what was happening. They finally reported it to police when another victim came forward and now 66-year-old Paul Wallace from Hodeswood Road in Sturry has been sentenced to seven years in prison after admitting abuse. Sophie and Tony are now 20 and 22 and have waived their right to anonymity and spoken to our colleagues at KMTV. I was about 13 when I started to realise that things that he was doing and gestures that he was doing wasn't normal and like other grandparents wouldn't do that. Yeah, same. I was probably about 15. It took, it took a little while for me to kind of start to realise that he, it wasn't normal. We loved him so much that we kind of accepted him accepted. for the bad and the good. And it was very, very hard to separate the two. And I think because it took so long to do that, we kind of just accepted, accepted, it. It for, accepted him for who he was at the start. Because it was like over such a long period of time that we kind of forgot what had happened because it was an emotional just normal. Block. And we were so young, it was just general fear of what would happen if we spoke up. Don't yeah, suffer just, in silence because yeah. it's not worth it. It's not worth it. The amount of damage that was done to us over the years just from keeping it quiet and you don't even realise at the time. We all braved it out and we, we did the right thing that our lives have completely changed. Their mum Louise also says it was a massive shock. It was Sophie, first of all, that, that, that told us what had been happening. The first thing is total disbelief. Not that we didn't believe her, but didn't believe that he was capable of doing that. It was like nothing I've ever experienced. It's just brought us closer together, and I don't think that there's anything now that could tear us apart. Well, again, we do thank Sophie and Tony for speaking to us. And if you're worried about a child or young person, you can contact the NSPCC's professional counsellors for help, advice and support. They're available on 0808 800 5000. That's 0808 800 5000. Or you can get in touch with them via email. It's help at nspcc.org.uk. That's help at nspcc.org.uk. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and a Margate chef who headbutted his own sister, leaving her permanently scarred, has been sent to prison. Keith Dunstan carried out the attack during a drunken row in 2019. The 34-year-old from Canterbury Road has been locked up for 14 months after admitting unlawful wounding. Police have released a CCTV image of a man they want to speak to about a sexual assault in Sittingbourne. A woman was grabbed from behind while walking along Charlotte Street last Thursday afternoon. She managed to get away before the suspect left the 
scene. You can see the picture at Kent Online. A Dartford mum who stole money from a school's PTA fund has avoided jail. Hayley Ford was treasurer for the group at Wentworth Primary but wrote £5,500 worth of cheques out to herself. The 34-year-old from Cugley Road in Stone has been ordered to do 150 hours of unpaid work as well as repay the school £1,000. Money, tools and a computer have been stolen during an overnight raid at a garden centre on Sheppey. The Stone store on Halfway Road was targeted over the weekend. Antique clocks were also taken. Now, it's less than a week before world leaders come together at an historic climate change summit. And Kent campaigners are hoping they can do their bit to raise awareness. Canterbury is holding its first ever Climate Action Week in the days leading up to COP26, with a message that we can all help slow climate change. I've been speaking to Dr Carl Wright, who's chair of the Canterbury Climate Action Partnership. How seriously do you think we are all taking the issue of climate at the moment? Because we might hear a lot of words being spoken, but how seriously are we taking the issue from maybe a local point of view, but also from a government point of view? Do you think it's being looked at seriously enough? Well, I do have a lot of sympathy with Greta Thunberg when she says there's too much blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, But having said that, um, I think, you know, there is now a real political awareness. Um, More needs to be done. I think the government does need to put more action and particularly money into this. Uh, I mean, it's all about making nice targets, but you've got to have the resources to implement things. And that's going to be something that's going to have to happen, uh, certainly at Glasgow at the COP meeting. Uh, Locally, um, you have emergency climate emergency in place um, announced by Canterbury City Council um, and, of course, Kent County Council as well. And they are doing things. It's starting. Uh, we're, we've got a target of getting all the council emissions down to um, uh, zero carbon by 2030. Uh, but, of course, that's only a small proportion of council operations. We need to get individual citizens. We need to get you know, many more businesses and, and organizations involved. And so the answer to your question is, um, it's, uh, I think people are aware of the problem, but a lot more does need to be done to reach those targets, which we desperately need if we're going to avoid the planet going up in flames, basically. Yeah, I was going to say, as far as the targets are concerned, because obviously the government has said it, it wants to ban the sale of new petrol and diesel cars by 2030 to cut emissions. Are those sorts of things realistic? Do you think these targets can be achieved if we all play our part? I think so. I, I think there is an issue about people who on, on lower incomes, you know, who, who might balk at the idea of buying an expensive new electric car or, or the, you know, the, the uh, heating heat pumps. But, you know, the, there is now money being put forward. Um, I recently bought an electric car secondhand. Um, so it's the cost is a bit less, less uh, expensive. Um, so I think, you know, we can reach that target with a bit of support, particularly for people who've got less money and who, who need a bit of support to help them reach those targets. Um, but there's no reason why we shouldn't as, as a rich country. And what are you hoping to hear come out of COP26 when that gets underway? Right. Well, I think, obviously, we, we do want to get the UK um, fully on board. And, you know, I think there's been some some negative things. I think just today was mentioning about the, the cuts in, in overseas aid, because it's, it's not just a question for the UK or Canterbury. You know, it's a global thing. And we've got to help developing countries just like we've got to help them overcome the COVID crisis. We've got to help them have a, a green-led recovery from COVID uh, globally. Otherwise, we're all affected. So I do think uh, we need to get more commitment to support developing countries um, with their climate emissions. Uh, we've got to be serious and stop having things like uh, potential new coal, coal um, production 
and and I think that's where countries like Australia and others really need to come forward. Um, and and I think you know the other important thing I want to come out of COP from a point of view of uh, our local engagement is is more awareness and and more commitment and informing people. That's of course what the aim of the the Climate Action Week is. But we are having a, a delegation which I'll be leading a small delegation to to Glasgow. So um, we hope to bring back some of those messages and really try and build them up from the ground up. It's no good just having them from the United Nations or from the Whitehall. It's got to be really from the bottom up uh, by, by local citizens and local community groups here in Canterbury. And construction of the UK's biggest solar farm, which is planned near Canterbury, is due to get underway next year. Over 900 acres of countryside in Graveney has been taken over by London-based group Quinbrook Infrastructure Partners. The solar farm, made up of 880,000 panels, is hoping to become operational in 2023. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street Maidstone. A girl's been given oxygen after breathing in smoke from a kitchen fire in Margate. The family managed to escape from a house on William Avenue after a pan of oil was left inside a grill and caught a light when the oven was accidentally turned on. Firefighters put out the blaze last night. Meantime, a man's been injured after a gas canister exploded and set a shed alight in Dartford. Emergency crews were called to Wilmot Road following the blaze last night. The man suffered slight burns and was looked after by paramedics. The remains of a cannabis factory have been discovered at a house in Medway. Officers found growing equipment and other evidence after being called to Prince's Street. So far, no one's been arrested. A charity box, alcohol and vaping accessories have been stolen during an overnight raid at a co-op store in Thanet. The shop on Station Road in Westgate was forced to stay closed yesterday morning, but has since reopened. Now, some of the incredible people in Kent who've been helping improve mental health and well being during the pandemic have been recognised. The first ever Kent Mental Health and Wellbeing Awards have taken place. More than 30 people and organisations received prizes. Among them was 16-year-old Madison Hinton from Sittingbourne, who spent lockdown making positivity boxes for children and adults. I caught up with her at the ceremony. I won the Community Leadership Award for making positivity boxes for Mid-Kent Mines. So they for youth and adults and I've sent 240 so far and I'm still working. That's an incredible number. You started out just doing a few, you ended up sending out more than 200. Can you tell me what's inside those boxes? So for the adult ones it ranges from candles, bath bombs, positivity quotes, little biscuits, tea bags, sweets and the youth ones are like little fidgets, again the positivity cards, sweets again, um, pen, bracelets and little key ring and the little positivity messages you put in there how important was that for you to get that message across to those young people and the adults that were going to receive the boxes well everyone's going to struggle with their mental health at some point in their lives and just a little card may make all the difference and is it something that you think would have helped you maybe if you'd received something like that what would it have been like to receive i'd have loved to receive one um not trying to be biased to my own project but just the little boost that you might get from it is worthwhile did it how did it help you cope with lockdown and the past almost two years now that we've had because it's been really difficult for everyone but particularly young people hasn't it so i came up with the idea around may june of 2020 and it kind of gave me a boost because where i was thriving through the lockdown i wanted to help others thrive because i knew others would be suffering in the instance that I was then doing well, I guess. 
and yeah, it just spiraled from there. The event was organised by charity South Kent Mind. Double Olympian Jack Green is their patron and also spoke to me after the awards. You can feel the atmosphere in the room. I've done many awards evenings and quite quite often with awards evenings you're thinking, okay, go to an awards evening, it's a long evening and so on. But this was incredible. I'd have happily been here for many hours more just seeing the impact that people are having within our county and you think nationally as well this is happening it's amazing just I love it I'm so pleased to have been able to share this moment with so many people for what's happened over the past 18 months if you're watching the news it can be incredibly depressing but to be in a room like tonight and hear all those inspirational stories it's certainly given me a lift I don't know about you some of the stories when you hear about people just going out of their way and doing everything they can to support others it just makes you feel like you know, there's a lot of good in the world and there's a lot of people who genuinely care which is nice for for us to know all of us as human beings that there's people within our societies who genuinely care and want to help us yeah absolutely and mental health has obviously had a huge spotlight put on it throughout the pandemic i mean it was kind of about time really it was a shame a pandemic made that happen but do you think we are now more aware of our mental health because of what we've been through over the past 18 months yeah so i work in workplace well-being having been at BBC as their well-being lead and now a champion health and, and predominantly working with businesses and as you said it's a shame that it's the pandemic that's had to kind of kickstart a lot of this we were in a good place before in terms of moving forward but this has really pushed it forward awareness is fantastic we've got that we need more but we've got that the next step is education so we're still in a position where people don't actually know what mental health is what it might look like and how we can help people So we know it exists, but now we need to go into that next step of how do we actually make change. I think a few things that I've heard over the past 18 months is that everyone has mental health. It doesn't mean that if you say, oh, mental health, that's bad necessarily. You can have positive mental health as well. Do you think we need to do more, as you say, education to make us all aware of how our own mental health is? Because we might just not understand why we're feeling how we're feeling. Exactly. And also understanding as a human being, you will have ups and downs as well that's okay it's very human to struggle and that is completely fine but it's finding the ways to support yourself so what are the things that make you feel better what are the things that make you feel worse learning having that education that awareness to then deal with them and it's well-being in general so understanding that physical health social health also your financial health all have an impact on mental health as well and as you said mental health is on a spectrum it's not just poor mental health I also have very good mental health at times, right? And that's exactly the same. It's just when we hear mental, we we think very negatively. If we saw it as mind, it would be a very different story. We'd all accept that we have a brain or we have a mind. Mental is is something we need to overcome, and, and it looks like we're doing that. You've obviously been very vocal about your struggles and it's gone on to kind of form your your new career and kind of your, your aim in life and what you want to do. I, I guess when you were running around the track at points, you never thought that you would be doing this, really. And then when I was really struggling and, and being at a point where I was suicidal and, and actually my my experiences have put me in a fantastic position to, to have a career, but have a career that helps other people. I'm incredibly fortunate to have turned what was an incredibly negative kind of story within my life into something positive that hopefully I can help other people with their journeys as well. Kent Online reports. At Kent Online you can see drone images which show the scale of a sinkhole that's opened up in Maidstone. Part of the A26 Tunbridge Road collapsed on Friday and it's likely to be closed for at least the next few days. South East Water have already repaired a burst main and apologise for the disruption. A Medway dad who was paralysed during a park run event and given just a 30 
40% chance of survival, has learned to walk again. Paul Ives suffered a brain hemorrhage in January last year, leaving him unable to move the left side of his body. The 54-year-old has now defied the odds and this weekend managed to walk a mile to raise money for the brain charity. Weeks of overnight closures on the M2 between Chatham and Sean get underway later. It'll be closed from Junction 1 to Junction 3 for resurfacing work. Repairs will also be carried out on a bridge over the motorway. The coastbound stretch will be done first, with the carriageway closing from 8 at night until 6 the following morning each weekday until November the 19th. You'll also need to know about this if you regularly drive into London. The ultra-low emission zone has expanded. It now covers roads out to the South Circular. There's an online tracker to find out if you need to pay to drive your vehicle into the zone. You can find it at kentonline.co.uk. And a little boy on Sheppey has been given a new parrot after the community stepped in. 11-year-old Alfie was left heartbroken when his pet Millie died and he sent a letter to her in heaven. It was put on Facebook and a fundraiser was set up with one person donating a bird to cheer him up. Kent Online Sport. Football and it was more like two points dropped than one point gained for Gillingham at the weekend. At one stage they were 2-0 up against Bolton Wanderers but it finished 2 all as the home side scored twice in the final five minutes of the match. Here's Jill's boss Steve Evans. Well you can imagine how we're feeling. I think the dressing room's really down. I think in 70 minutes in the game today, 72 minutes, we should be 7-8 up. Chances in the first half to make it 3-4, or didn't take them. We've got a brilliant striker who misses the easiest three chances you have of the season and you don't take any of them in. And you're always worried to be a goal late in a game that, that suddenly the crowd here are, are brilliant, aren't they? They get behind a team and have the common. You know, we've had a player tracking the left back for the majority of the second half. He doesn't do it for me. I'll have a look back at the video. Uh, and and Keenan Lee does what Keenan Lee does. He makes late runs into the box and the score. But listen, I think Bolton fans are going to be absolutely buzzing. We have supposed to be dejected, but if you say he was a neutral today, we should be six or seven up. Well, I think you don't get the third goal. There's always, you know, Bolton control caution to the win, can't they? They can go man for man at the back and take gambles and leave one meters. So they threw a bit of caution to the win. Um, listen, I don't know what he says, I don't really care what he says, but if he's been honest, he knows he should have been six or seven down today. They've got a point, and that's commendable to these players that they never gave up. But we don't look at them, we look at ourselves. And I think out of possession that last 15 minutes, we looked a bit scrappy, we looked tired. Um, I'm not defending my players or us, but a nine and a half hour journey from Kent to, to come for the game last night is, is excessive. I think our supporters probably come up in three and a half hours today, but yesterday, Friday, bank holiday, nine and a half hours from getting on the coach to arriving here. So that was, that was a, a difficult preparation. I think that's had a factor in that last 15 minutes. Um, but, you know, the game comes down to scoring goals and missing chances. And, you know, we, we missed a succession of chances where the game should have been done and dusted. Should have been done and dusted first half as well. Yeah, yeah listen, the Bolton are the best team in the league. It gives us hope. That's what it does. You know, we, we're not happy with the results. We're not happy with some of the performances. And we're crying to get through to January to somehow to some, have some additions, you know, with the injuries that we've got. We're here with the three or four key players out of a squad of 19 players. So that's, that's pretty tough. You see, today we're bringing on academy kids. They're known enough that when a family when they buy Chinese on a Saturday night, so that's a competition versus you're looking at the substitutes that Bolton give out. But it's not it's not so grapes, we're not crying, we'll learn from it. That's what we'll have to walk on in the training ground and we'll walk we'll certainly our strikers practice going goals because today was was unacceptable really. And I don't often say that about strikers because I think they get in the areas and they miss chances. I think today was unacceptable quality of finishing. He's been brilliant for us. But you know, I think um, 
I think he knows that. You know, he's, I think he's an honest kid. He just said they walked in the day. He's cost him not not people maybe switching off near the end. Um, that's one thing that he is. He's, he's led the line remarkably well, but big chances have come. And um, for me, not. Well, I know he tries to pass it past the goalkeeper when there's a short pass back, but the two other chances are bread and butter chances for this kind of level, and, and we didn't take them, and that and that put pressure on. I think if we get the third goal today, they sink and we win, like I've said to you. But we didn't. So we'll hopefully get back to Kent quicker than we came and then we'll regroup and go against next Saturday. Well, Gillingham are back in action tomorrow night in the EFL Trophy when they take on West Ham's under-21s and you can get the rest of the weekend results from the other sides in the county at Kent Online. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can now get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site by subscribing. To do it, just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. BlueButterfly.co.uk